Today I'm going to speak about something really exciting. I'm going to speak about baptism in water. Baptism in water have to do with salvation the same way as repentance I spoke about last time and baptism with the Holy Spirit I'm going to speak about next time. Baptism in water save. Save us. Save us from our sins. Baptism in water is more than just a symbol for something we think happen inside. No, baptism in water, when we do that, something is happening. And we forget that the Anabaptists, when they came with the baptism in water, many thousand people got persecuted because of that. And we forget that many became martyrs and gave their life because of that truth. But it was a truth that was worth dying for. But today we just do it like it's just a symbol. It, it, it don't matter so much. But if we look at what Jesus and the Bible says, you see something else. Because Jesus, he says in John 3, when he's talking about getting born again, that unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus is talking about the water and the Spirit when he's talking about entering the kingdom of God. He also said that him who that believe and is baptized shall be saved. Peter, he also used the word save when it comes to baptism. When he spoke about Noah, there was a picture of baptism. He says in his letters, chapter 3, baptism that now save you. When he spoke up on Pentecost, he said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. So, he spoke of it more than just a symbol. And Paul, he spoke about it that when we get baptized, we put on Christ. And he also said that we in baptism arise up with Christ. So, baptism is more than just a symbol. Baptism is strong, is powerful, and it saves us, set us free from our sins. And you are going to see this in this teaching. And I believe that this teaching is so important for the church today because when people understand what baptism is, people, the Christians, is going to walk in the freedom led by the Spirit, not by the flesh, but walk the freedom God has called us to. So look forward to share this teaching with you. God bless you. Welcome to the Pioneer School. This is lesson number 10. And I'm going to continue today and talk about baptism in water. And this word I'm going to share today is something that has been working in me a lot the last years and also the last days. And I believe that this word is so important. This teaching today is going to change a lot of things for many people. Because I'm going to talk about the freedom there is in baptism and the freedom we have in Christ. 
Often when we talk about baptism, we talk about what we do. But today I'm going to focus on what God do and what baptism is all about. And I believe that many people who think they know a lot about baptism is going to be surprised today. Because most of what we have been teaching about baptism is so different from what we know in the Bible. And I remember when I got baptized many years ago, I didn't know what baptism was. I thought it was just some something you do outwards to show that inside you are changed. And I thought that baptism water was just a symbol, something you did. And I, because of that, I didn't get a really strong experience when I got baptized in water. I got that later. I'm going to tell about that. And... But now when I have changed the way of preaching and seen what the word is saying about baptism water, I have many testimonies of people who have been set free in baptism water. I was just in Sweden a short time ago where I spoke about baptism water. And when I left them, a few days later, there was a girl who got saved and got filled with the Holy Spirit and baptized in water. And this girl had anorexia. She had problem, problem eating. And when they baptized her, and, and it was a salvation army who normally don't baptize, but after my teaching, they started to do what the word was saying. And, and I heard the testimony that when they baptized this woman, when she came out of the water, she walked like two meters and then she stopped and she turned around and she saw like a picture, a, a vision. She saw herself laying in the bathtub. And there she was completely set free from anorexia, eating disorder. And from there she went and eat big dinner, cakes and everything and she was delivered. And I have many testimonies how baptism changed life. <laughs> that baptism in water is a part of salvation. And I'm going to talk a lot about that now. Uh, I just want to say I, I was just in Finland. I came home uh, two days ago from Finland and it was really good. God did a lot of things in Finland. And there were some people who wrote to me afterwards. One who wrote, thank you for the time we had together. This was for me a life-changing weekend. I haven't felt so excited about Jesus and love him with this kind of passion since I became a believer. And this is what is happening right now all over the place, that people are getting in love again. <laughs> the fire is coming back. People are getting excited again. I get so many testimonies from people. Another guy wrote that he cannot find word to describe what happened this weekend. Another guy wrote to me that two people have just contacted him after my teacher and they want to get baptized now. So it's good you are so boldly when it comes to baptism water, he said. And uh, I, what we did in uh, Finland was we had some meetings, some training, people got healed, people got kick-started. And, um, and this is going to continue in Finland. And this is continue all over the place. I just heard from somebody from Holland who wrote to me also that, that before I was in Holland a short time ago, there was like a few people who went out on the street and doing this, but now there's over 30 people in four different teams around Holland who do it. And people are starting not only to get healed, but get safe and set free. And that's why this is, this teaching here is so important. 
Because we are not only called to heal the sick, we are called to preach the gospel. But this teaching is also important because many people inside the churches don't have the passion for Jesus. They don't have the love. And they have never have it, had it or not. Some people have lost it. But we are called to be on fire. We are called to love Jesus and live the life we read in the book of Acts. Um, I want to say that uh, just a little what I spoke about last time. Last time uh, I spoke about repentance. That in repentance, this is the beginning. You are starting to get saved. There you receive the new heart. But it's not enough with only repentance and faith in Jesus there. We need to also obey Jesus' word and get baptized in water. Because baptism in water, there you bury your old life. But this is also not enough. You also get, get, need to get baptized with the Holy Spirit because there you get receive what you need to live the new life led by the Spirit. And, and we have to change our way of salvation. That see, see that salvation is not only one thing. It's like a more thing get, uh, gathered together. And, and we cannot divide those three things. Like... God is not enough to only believe in God or not enough to only believe in God and Jesus. No, we have God, the Father, Jesus, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And there is a unity between those three. But at the same time, it's three different. Like we, God, the Father and Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. So it's one and three, you know. And the same thing. Repentance, baptism, water, Holy Spirit is three different things. But at the same time, we are not supposed to just have one of them or two of them. No. We are supposed to have everything at, at the same day. If this was the normal in the normal church. When Peter preached on Pentecost, it was everything they received on the same day. And... Um, so today I'm going to focus on baptism water, but let this teaching today cannot stand alone because you have to hear the teaching about repentance and you have to also hear the teaching about the Holy Spirit. But when we talk about salvation, see it that way that as I spoke about in chapter lesson number 8 where I show how I share the gospel, that God created heaven and earth, put man there, and there was the tree of life that was supposed to eat of so man would live forever. But sin came into, the, into their life. So because of that, they were thrown out of the garden. And God, God said in the beginning of the uh, Genesis that they were thrown out so they were not able to take off the tree of life and eat of that. Because if they were going to eat of the tree of life there, they were going to live forever. So now we have a falling world where men have fallen, men have sinned. And God, he is holy, he don't want that. So short time after, period after, God started from the beginning again with Noah and his family. And he created a new earth and destroyed every other person in less than Noah, his family and, and some of the animals. But the problem was not only the earth, the problem was inside Noah, inside his family. So when Noah came on the new earth there, he sinned again and we got the problem one more time. So this time God is going to do it different. This time he's starting with creating a new man, a new woman. 
He's starting with creating something new inside of us before he's going to create the new heaven and new earth where he's going to put the new man. And this is what Jesus came from. He came to save us from our sins. He, he did not only come to save us in our sins, but he came to remove sins away from us. And this is something that happened where he gave us a new heart. And then he washed us clean, washed the sins away and set us free from the law. I'm going to talk about that now when we talk about baptism. And then he gave us the Holy Spirit so we can live the new life. So we are now living led by the Spirit here on earth. And one day God again is going to create the new heaven and new earth. The new Jerusalem is going to come down. And you read it in the last chapter in the Bible that us who's living by the Spirit or who's washed clean, we are going to one day take our hands out and eat of the tree of life. So now it's just about, we are not under the law, it's being led by the Spirit is all about. But I'm going to talk more about that next time. Okay, baptism in water. Uh, some people, my background, our tradition, I'm talking to you from a Lutheran background. Uh, I was baptized, I did like this because baptism is underwater on your own faith. But I got the baptism in the Lutheran church when I was a child and almost everybody in our country has that but then we we have the uh, other churches like the Pentecostal church and other and I believe because the Lutheran church is so strong in our background many people in the other denomination are not radical when it comes to baptism because they don't want to offend people they don't want to make problems so in the Pentecostal church today and other churches, the teaching is that baptism is just a picture. A picture of something that happened inside. And, and, and I have met many people who have repented and, and have experienced the Holy Spirit here in Denmark. But they are not baptized, baptized in water because, oh, I can do that later. And, and we do it maybe in a half year. Let's see what is happening. And this is so far away from what we saw in the book of Acts. Because in the book of Acts, everybody got baptized the same day. Immediately they heard the gospel. When they heard about baptism, they got baptized the same day. And I believe that we in Denmark and other places, the problem with baptism is our background and we don't want to offend people. And especially because we have the Catholic Church and the Reformed people who have baptism in water. So it's easier for the other people to don't talk about it. But this is wrong. This is wrong. And we need to understand that when the Baptist remove movement started in, in, in 1600, many people at that time, on they paid a big, big price to get the teaching on baptism water in. They paid with their life. Thousands of people became mature because of that truth with baptism water on your own faith. Thousands of people died because of that. 
and they got kinged by the reformed people, the Lutheran church, the Catholic church, the Calvinistic church. Many people got killed because of that truth that we need to get baptized in water on our own faith and water on a child's head is not baptism. Thousands of people died because of that. But now it's like, oh, it don't matter. It matters for those people. <laughs> and it also matters for Jesus. And it matters for the first Christians. And it matters today. Let's see what Jesus is saying about baptism. Do he just say it's a sign you can do if you want to? Or do he somehow put baptism in water to, together with salvation? If we look at our Lord Jesus Christ, when he's in John 3, is talking about you have to get born again to enter the kingdom of God. He said, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus is saying, if you want to enter the kingdom of God and eat of the tree of life, you need to get born again. Of water and of spirit. And it's like nobody's talking about that today. Nobody is talking about that you need to get born again by water and spirit. But Jesus said it. He said it so clear. And I know there is another teaching that, oh, water is when you come out of your mother and spirit is when you receive the Holy Spirit. But this is not biblical. This is not what he's talking about here. Another place Jesus in Mark 16 is saying, He that believed and is baptized shall be saved. Jesus is not only saying that him who believes shall be saved. He said that him who believes and is baptized shall be saved. So Jesus using radical words when it comes to baptism in water. So Jesus used radical words about baptism. But what about Peter? Let's see what Peter said. In, the, in Peter's letter, he, he talked about Noah and the flood and what happened there. And he used the picture that this is the baptist that now saves you. So Peter used that picture and say that the baptism that now save you. Another picture that's used in the Bible is when the Israel came out and went to the Red Sea and all the Egypt got buried. So they were saved there also, baptized to Moses <laughs> is the picture. But Peter, about the baptism water, water to Jesus Christ, he said baptism that now save you. The book of Acts, when Peter spoke up, he said, repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you read later that the Lord added daily people who was saved. So when Peter stood up at Pentecost, he said that we should repent and get be baptized for what? For the remission of our sins. And you read after that, that people get saved. They use that. Because to get saved, repent, baptism, water, and receive the Holy Spirit was what the Bible used when it talked about salvation. The problem when we talk about baptism, water, is that 
in some of those churches, reformed churches, they have like, no, only faith, faith, faith alone. It's not deeds, it's only faith. And I want to say, if you say that, you have really misunderstood what faith is. Faith is obedience. If you believe in Jesus, you repent. If you believe in Jesus, you get baptized. If you believe in Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. Because faith is to believe what he says. It's not only to believe in a person that wants lived. And Jesus was talking about that. But there's people today who use the book of Galatians. Where it's talk about, no, we're not under the law anymore, it's only grace, and we don't have to go back to works, it's faith. But also in Galatians, in the book of Galatians, Paul this time, he's saying that we are the children of God by faith. But many stop there, but in the next verse, he said, us that have been baptized unto Christ have put on Christ. And also another place, Paul is saying that we have been buried with him in baptism, in which we also be raised up with him. So Paul, he's saying something like, he's saying something like, we are put on Christ in baptism. He's also saying that we are raised up with Christ in baptism. And when Paul got saved, Ananias who baptized Paul, he said to Paul that he should arise and get baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of Jesus. So this is some of the some of the things you read in the Bible. Baptism have to do with enter the kingdom of God. Baptism have to do with being safe. Baptism save you. Baptism is a remission of sins. Baptism is safe. Baptism is put on Christ. Baptism is raised up with Christ. This is what the Bible says when it talks about baptism. Those words are used together with washing away your sins. Can you see, this is much, much more than just something you can do if you want. It's more than just symbolic. And I think our problem is that we think in a Greek way where we think things, is one, things are spiritual or they are not spiritual. But we are not supposed to think that way because physical things can have a spiritual impact. The tree of life in the garden was a tree. The tree of good and evil in the garden was a tree, but it still had a spiritual impact when they took of that. Communing is a physical things we do, but it still have a spiritual impact in our life. You see that in the Bible. And, 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 and I think our problem in the West today is that we don't understand that physical things can have a spiritual impact. How can, how can water save? How can water be a remission of sins? How can water be put on Christ? How can water be like buried and raised up with Christ? How can water wash away sins? But physical things have a spiritual impact. And for a Jew, they understood that. The first church, they understood that. And that was why also when they always preached the gospel, the response they got for the gospel preaching was, there's water, can I get baptized? Like Philip, 
You read book of Acts about Philip now. Then Philip opened his mouth and began from the scripture preaching Jesus to him, to the eunuch. So he was preaching Jesus and the eunuch says, Look, water, what prevailed me in getting baptized? And he asked if he believed and he believed and he got baptized. So it's interesting to see that you don't read here what Philip preached. But you read what the response was. The response was, can I get baptized? And it was not only the response Philip got. When Ananias came to Paul, the response was, he got baptized. When Peter stood up and preached on Pentecost, the response was, they got baptized. When Paul came to, to, uh, to Ephesus and meet the people there, the response was, they got baptized. Every time in the book of Acts, they preached the gospel, the response was always baptism. Not a sinner's prayer, not a just only repent or just something else, now I believe. No, it was always baptism. And, and But we are taking things out of context. In book of Acts, when you read about the jailer, where he asked, what shall we do to be saved? And, and, and they spoke to him and said, uh, believe in Jesus Christ and you and your house shall be saved. And we stopped there. But if you read the next line, they go to him and his household and they preach the gospel to them. And everybody who received God baptized. And this is what we need to do today. We need to preach a gospel where we not only re- preach repentance, but also baptism in water. And if you and I preach a gospel where people respond don't have anything to do with baptism in water, you can be sure of one thing, this is not a biblical gospel. So if you think of this, this is so scary. How many meetings have you been on? How many times have you and me not heard somebody preach the gospel? And how few times have they talked about, shared the gospel in a way where people's response was, I want to get baptized. For many people it's zero. Many people have never experienced that in their whole life. That somebody had preached the gospel where people responded by getting baptized. And baptized the same day immediately. Nobody. And then we ask ourselves, Where is the life in the church? Where is the power? Where is the freedom? Where is the things we read in the book of Acts? And the answer is, it's not there today. Because we don't build on the same foundation they did in the book of Acts. We don't preach the same gospel. We don't obey what Jesus has commanded us. Go out, make disciples, baptizing them. Can you see it? And it's so good to just stop up and think of this. And if you cannot see it after I've been sharing this, take the book of Acts, go through the book of Acts, and you will see it was always baptism in water. And it was always the same day. And it was so clear. And then we need to ask ourselves, will we continue building on our traditions? Or will we bend on the word of God? And I said many times, you are not going to stand in front of the Pope one day. You are not going to stand in front of Luther one day. You are not going to stand in front of Oda one day. You are going to stand in front of Jesus Christ. And 
if you call him Lord and don't preach the gospel with baptism water, he, I think he will say to you, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I command you to do? Of course, many of us don't see that because of our background. And I didn't see this in the beginning. So the first year, I didn't also not preach the gospel. And I didn't baptize people because, you know, I'm from a Lutheran country and I don't want to offend people. So the first book I wrote, it was not about baptism. I, I don't talk about baptism in, in those books. Why? Because I was, yeah, I had my glasses on. But when I saw later what baptism water was all about, I experienced a freedom like never before. And I'm going to talk about that now. And before I really get started with the next teaching here, I, I want to pray because this is so much going against most of our classes, what I'm going to teach now. And I pray that this is going to be revelation because when this became revelation for me, I experienced a freedom like I have never experienced before. So God, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this teaching and your word. God, I pray that like this became a revelation for me and it opened my eyes, God, and I, I became free. I experienced a totally new life with you, God. God, I pray that this teaching is going to set them those people who see this free. That you will come with your Holy Spirit and work through this teaching, God. And it's going to not only be words in their life, but it's going to be revelation. And it's going to set them free and be, be start something totally new. So help me to share this word and come with your Holy Spirit and open their eyes, God, so people can receive this in the name of Jesus. When talking about baptism, it have to do with sin. Everything in salvation have to do with sin. Because Jesus came to save us from our sins. And I want to read about uh, uh, something about discipleship and freedom. Jesus says something interesting here. If you In, in uh, John 8. If you abide in my words, you are my disciple indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So he's talking to the Jews that if you uh, abide in my word, you're going to experience the truth and the truth is going to set you free. But they answer him, we are Abraham's descendants and we have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will make us free? And I want to say that I didn't saw that I was bound before I experienced the freedom. When I experienced the freedom Jesus is talking about here, I saw that I was bound before. <laughs> but I was saying like them, hey, we are not bound to anybody. How can you say you set us free? But Jesus continued. He answered them. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son make you free, you shall be free indeed. So what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about being free, he's talking about sin. And he's saying that whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. 
It's like gravity. There is a law of gravity. But there is also a law of sin. A law of sin and death. death. There is the law of sin and death. There is the law of gravity. There is the law, as we just used the word, the law, the Ten Commandments, the law Moses came with. And law have different functions. And there is a picture I want to use because it's like the gravity. If I take these glasses and I say, fly, it's going to fall down. Fly, it's still going. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> it's always going to fall down because there is a law of gravity that make things fall down. If I then say now, I don't believe in the law of gravity. Then you're going to see what happened. It's still going to fall down. Because the law of gravity has nothing to do with my faith. The law of gravity is there. Jesus says that him who commit sin is a slave of sin. It's like smoking. If you start smoke, you are not slave for smoking. But when you continue smoking... You become a slave to smoking. And because a slave is if you are laying under somebody, if you are not free, then you are a slave to something. And I want to say that I re- experienced the repentance there, as I told about last time, and in many ways I felt free. And I was like, whoa, I am free. But to be honest, in other ways, I didn't feel I was free. Because in some ways I felt that I still was a slave. The most of the big sins, the most of the things I did, I, I, have, I have done, I stopped with, of course. And I experienced a new heart. But there was also other areas in my life. With my thoughts, life, with, with my dreams, with, with some of the small, the things I fall in again, again, where I felt bad. I didn't feel I was free. And to describe how I felt, the best place is Roman 7, where Paul is saying something like this. For we know the law is spiritual. So you know the law is, is spiritual. It's like law of gravity. There is something also there. But I am of flesh sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For I have the desire to do what is good. But I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. This is what Paul is saying. He is saying here that I am of flesh soul. As a slave to sin. And he said that I don't understand what I'm doing. I don't want to do those things. But I still do it. And he said it's not longer me who do it. But sin who live or dwells in me. In some area in my life. I feel it it 
describe my life very good. And this verse, these words, this we are reading here, is almost like John 3.16. This is some words most of the people know. If I talk with Christian, these words is being used again and again and again to grow, to memorize, to read, write books about. And this is so famous. But what I want to tell you, as you know, that if a scripture is being quoted again and again and again, don't mean that it's more value and more uh, important than other scriptures that's not being quoted. And what the problem today in the church is that we have chapter and verses. So in a book like Romans, there's a long letter, really long letter. We can go to chapter 7 and take this verse and put it out on con- out of context and read it and say, this is what Paul is saying, it should be like that. But the first Christian didn't have chapter and verses. So they read it in another way. And they have another understanding on how to read the letters than we have today with our mindset. And because of that, we have really misunderstood a lot of things when it comes to the Word of God. And especially this verse. Because Jesus says there that whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave is not going to be in the house forever, but the son is going to be. And then he says, Paul says there, I am a flesh soul as a slave. But Jesus says there that therefore if the son make you free, you are free indeed. Then you are no longer a slave. You are now a son. But Paul is saying there, I'm a flesh soul as a slave to sin. So it can seem so opposite what Jesus is saying and what Paul is saying. But this is also so opposite what the rest of the world is saying. And I started to make a study of that many years ago. And it became an eye-opener for me. It became the beginning of something new. And before I'm going to share my testimony, what I experienced in year 2000. I'm going to, we're going to look at this. Because Paul, he said... I am of flesh, soul as a slave to sin. Okay. And he said, it's not him who do it, it's sin living in him. Romans 7. But if you go to Romans 6, and remember, when Paul wrote this letter, there was no chapters and verses. So it's not like Romans 6, Romans 7, and because that, we mess it up totally. So if, but if we go a little back before he says this, he says something like this. Romans 6 verse 2. How shall we who is died to sin still live in it? And he said that we are crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. So that we are no longer to be slaves to sin. Because him who died is free from sin. So Paul is saying something here that seems so opposite of what he says there. He says there, I am sold as a slave to sin. He said, he's who died 
cannot live in sin. He said that we are no longer to be slave to sin. We are free from sin. And he continues and he continues and he continues. And he said later that him who died with Christ, we believe that we should live with him. Therefore, he said in verse 12, do, therefore, do no longer let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey the lost. For sin shall not have communion eller dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. And he continues, and he continues, and he continues, and he continues here, that you who were slave of sins, have become obedient. Having been set free from sin, you became slave of righteousness. And verse 20, for when you were slave of sin, and he continues talking about that. So, He's talking about free from sin, no longer slave from sin, free from sin, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, sins shall have no dominion over you. You were slave for sin, but now you are not anymore slave for sin. Now you are free from sin. And he continued, but now that we have been set free from sin, we are a slave to God. And we... The, the, and you divide the benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcoming eternal life. Because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Okay, let's look at this. One place Paul is saying, I am a flesh soul to, as a slave to sin. He said this one place, and this is what everybody is quoting in the churches. This is what everybody knows, this line. But here he said, die to sin, no longer slave to sin, free from sin, do not let sin reign. Sin has no communion over you. You were slaves to sin, but now you are free to sin. You have been set free from sin. You are no longer slave to sin. Now when you have been set free. He said that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. He said the total opposite of what he says right there. And some years ago, I had a hunger in my life for more. Really. I was frustrated. I've been Christian six years, but I've never healed a sick. I've never cast out a demon. I've never led anyone to Christ. I've never seen the things I'm seeing right now. And I was so frustrated about my life. And I was feeling like I was also sold as a slave to sin. But then I got a hunger. I want more God. So I started to fast 40 days. And during that fasting, I, to be honest, I fasted because I want to see healing. I want to see deliverance. I want to be led by God. I want to see the life I read in the book of Acts. And I fasted to see the power, to experience the power. And I got to experience that. But instead of it, but it didn't start the way I thought. Because I thought that now the power is going to come. I'm going to experience great things. No, God started to deal with me in a different ways. Start, God set me free from sin. Because 
he started to deal with me about that he was holy and he talked about freedom and from and he started to work with me about sin and holiness and fear of God and 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 God started to deal with me in other ways and I have a book about that I've been reading the Sound Doctrine you you can find it on the internet on website or Amazon and and I was studying the word and God was working in me and one day. Some days I started to study Romans 6, 7 and Romans 8. I'm going to talk about next time. And when I was studying Romans 6, 7 and 8. I felt like this man in Romans 7. But then God started to show me what Romans 7 was all about. And one day, I'm never going to forget this. One day it was like. Like when I think back 18 years ago, how I got saved, I would say how I started to get saved now. It was so strong and I remember it. And since I repented 18 years ago, I have not been doubted that I was saved because I, I got the strong experience. But. While I was studying this, God opened my eyes and there I experienced something that was so strong, it was like getting saved again. And when I first experienced that, I was like, was I really saved before? I thought that. I thought, was I really saved before? Because this was so different in my life. And it's like now 12 years later and it's still different in my life. And what happened was that I was studying Romans 6, Romans 7, and Romans 8. And one day, God started to show me what Romans 7 was about. And one day, I read Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. I remember I was sitting at my computer, I was having the Bible and the uh, e-sword on my computer and was studying, and then I read this. When I read that, suddenly it came into my spirit and it became alive. And I was like, whoa. And I did like this and like stand up and stood up and I was like, sin shall not have communion on me. Sin shall not have communion on me because I'm not on the law anymore, I'm free. But I'm free then, if I'm free. So I'm free. And I did like this in my office. So, God, then I'm free. I, I don't, I'm not under the law anymore. I'm free. When I, it was like, lift, I lifted my eye, hands and I was like, then I'm free, God. I'm free. And for that moment, I was free. Nobody prayed for me. But I got delivered from sin that moment. I God free. And when it comes to sin, it was like before, like the sin of gravity, the law of sin and death, the law of gravity. It was like I tried, I tried to hold me up, but I fall down. I tried to hold myself up, but I fall down. I tried to hold myself up, but I fall down. But when I was delivered of the law, of the law of sin and the law of sin, the law of death, I was free. And since that, I didn't fight with sin. Sin was out. 
and I experience a freedom I have never ever experienced before. Like the this last thing that that keep me away was broken in my life, and now I could walk in a freedom without feeling condemned. And condemnation was suddenly not a part of my life anymore. I would not say that I was completely holy without sin because there was other times where I did something, oh, it's wrong. But it's like, okay, it's wrong. I just stopped. I didn't feel a problem with it. I didn't, I could not feel condemned anymore by living the life I lived. And and it's... If you have not experienced that, you don't know what I'm talking about. But you who experienced that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was dead to sin. I was dead to the law. I was saved from sin. I experienced a remission of sin. I dare put on Christ. I was raised up with Christ. My sin was washed away. Everything was changed. But then Tom, you say that, yeah, but, but you're talking about baptism. Here you got a revelation. Yeah, I got a revelation about what baptism was. Because Romans 6 is talking about baptism. But I didn't knew, know that at that time. But this is what Romans 6 starts with. Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized unto Jesus Christ have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism unto death, so that as Christ was raised from the death through the glory of the Father, so we too might live a new life. We were baptized with Jesus Christ died and rose up so we might live a new life. This is what baptism is all about. But when I got baptized, I didn't know that. I didn't know that baptism water was more than a symbol. I didn't know that baptism water set you free from the law. You are died with Christ and rose up. You are not under the law anymore. You are not under the law. You are not under the law of sin. You are not under the law of death. The law is broken in your life. So you don't need to be a slave to sin. Because when the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. You are no longer a slave. You are no longer like what Paul is describing here. And I'm going to go back to that later. But now, when I know that, we start to teach about it. And, and I have a exam, I have a very good friend who's uh, working with me now. He have repented. He have experienced baptism with the Holy Spirit, but he was from a Lutheran church. So he was not baptized in water. So he felt like, oh, he was fighting like this, like I did. And he, he was free in many ways. He was speaking in tongues. He was praying. He was fasting. He tried everything to be free from that sin. The last thing in his life. And for him it was like unclean thoughts and, and dreams he had. And he couldn't get free from the last thing. But then he found some teaching I have about baptism on the internet. 
And when he found that, he contacted me and said, I need to get baptized. And when he came down in the water, he died. When he came from to sin, when he came up of the water, he was delivered. And the experience I got, after I got baptized, when I get the revelation, he got immediately when he got baptized. Why? Because this is where it happened. But I didn't understand that, so I was not walking in it. And I believe the first church, when they preached that together, they knew what baptism was all about, that it was more than a symbol. And because they knew that, when people there got baptized, they got delivered immediately. Delivered from sin. They put on Christ. They were died to the law. And this is what it's all about. Baptism water is more than just a symbol. It's freedom. You cannot live that life if you don't have the baptism water. And I'm going to say something interesting also because now I talk with my friend Don from America and he have another uh, background than we have here in, in, in Europe where we have the Lutheran uh, culture. So he had repented and he had been baptized in water. But he first experienced this freedom, really, he's talking about here, when he experienced baptism with the Holy Spirit. How is that? Because those three things somehow have to, everything is fixed together. And baptism, because this is the freedom, this explains how you get free. But Roman 8, I'm going to look at next time, experience in more detail how this freedom is you can now walk in. And for me, I had the Holy Spirit at that time. I have it all, so I just need a revelation. My friend, he had this, he had this, but he didn't have the baptism water. So when he got that, he got the last part. But my other friend from Don, he had this, he had this, but he didn't have that. But when he got that, he was set free. So you need all three things is necessary. So imagine like three lines that's keeping you to sin. It's keeping you bound. You have to repent. Now it's gone. But you are still not free because you have this. And my friend, he was baptized in, in, in the Holy Spirit, but not in water. When he experienced the baptism in water, there the last thing disappeared and he could walk in Roman 8. But my other friend Don, he had the baptism water. He had repentance. But when he experienced the Holy Spirit, then he walked in freedom. For me, I have it all, but I didn't have the revelation what it was all about. And when I got the revelation, I walked in freedom. So I can see for me, in a Lutheran country with our classes, we need to talk baptism, 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 water, because we have many in the Lutheran church who have repented, who have the Holy Spirit, but they don't have the baptism water. And this is what we have to talk to. But in other countries, they have the repentance, the baptism water, but they don't have the Holy Spirit who, uh, who, how can I say, who open our eyes and give us the revelation. So because of that, we cannot walk in this. And many are still walking in this. And the things that have really opened my eyes also, that 
Last time I spoke about that we are not sinners, but we are saints. We are not sinners, we are saints. The people who teach that we are still sinners is also the people that teach that this is the normal Christian life, Romans 7, and don't teach that this and Romans 8 is the normal Christian life. Who are those people who teach that? This is the Catholic Church, this is the Reformed Church, the Calvinistic Church, the Lutheran Church. This is those churches who is very strong in we are sinners and we walk there. Why? Because they don't have the freedom. They don't know other things. Because they don't have the baptism water. And because they don't have the baptism water, and they don't have the Holy Spirit to reveal, open their eyes and help to understand what the baptism water is all about. Because they only have the repentance. They don't know other things. And they are still living like a slave to sin. And there we have all the wrong doctrines when it comes to what Jesus do that we arose up to live a new life. They don't experience the new life. They don't experience the freedom we read. And because of that, they make doctrines that we are all sinners and we are like Paul and Paul is talking about himself there. But Paul is not talking about himself there. I'm going to explain how this is working. I just lift this up. But Paul, he's saying, but I am of flesh sold as a slave to sin. But our problem, and when we talk about the scripture, is that we often read the scripture with our Greek mindset. And we read the scripture line like this. From one line to another line. But Paul is a Jew. And, and the Jewish way of writing. Is not a line. But is in circles. Like this. So he's talking about something. And then he's coming back to it again. In a new way. And he's coming back to this again. In a new way. And he's coming back to this in a new way. And this is how you see in, in, in Genesis. That. You almost read about these three creations. In the beginning God created heaven and earth. Stop there. End there. This is very short explaining what happened. But then he don't continue in other things. Then he, he starts from beginning again how God created heaven and earth. And then he go back how God created man. So you see their way of writing the Bible was that they often like get a big picture and then they go more in detail to explain what it was all about. And Paul here do the same because in Romans 5 he's saying for while we were in the flesh. He's, talking, he's not saying now he said but I am in the flesh. But just a verse before he said. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful person which was arrived by the law was working in our members of our body to bear fruit of death. He's talking about for while we were in the flesh. There he said, but I am of the flesh. And here he said a few words before, for while we were. He's talking about something he was. And then I thought, but now we have been released from the law, having death 
dead to the law in which we were bound, so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. So this is interesting because a few verses before, Paul, he's talking about something. When there was in the flesh, it was like that. But now we are released for that. So he's talking about something there was, something there are now. And then he continued talking about how it was. And then he's talking about how it is now, how it was. And then he's talking about Roman 8. So if you read through that, and then instead of just reading one line, are doing in circles. He's talking about how it was, how it is. How it was, how it is. A, a little line in the end, the last line, how it was, is, and then he continued in Roman 8, with freedom from sin. And there's been a lot of misunderstanding about this verse because of our way of thinking. And when I saw that, when God opened my eyes, I was like, I'm free! I am free! I was completely free. I saw it so clear. Satan has life. The, the teaching I've got in the church was a lie. I am not a flesh anymore. I am not sold to be a slave to sin. No, I am free from sin. And I believe there is so much wrong teaching about these verses. So I became so, so happy after I saw that, that there was a Bible translator in Denmark who's working for Whitecliffe Bible Translation and he made a new Bible in, in Denmark, like a living Bible. And he's really, he's the only, I think maybe the only Bible translator we have here been maybe changing the, or translating the Bible to different languages where they didn't have the Bible before. And he, out of those verses, he wrote a comment. And his comment is this about those words. Paul's use in these verses the so-called representative I in Greek. When he says I, he thinks at all amongst the reader who live under the law's dominion as he himself once did. This for us little strange rhetoric have led to many misunderstandings on this important chapter. So he who can Greek, he who know how is made, he who has been set free from the traditions of how we are reading the Bible, he just confirmed what God has shown me. That Paul, in these verses, when he say I, he's not talking about himself. And you can see it also in this way and you can see of course you cannot be sold as a slave and then be free 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 and Jesus came to set you free but Paul is writing to the Jews and the letter is all about freedom from sin what is all about that we are not under the law anymore and he's writing as a Jew and remember Paul was a Jew under the strongest the hardest Pharisee law or how I say it in English he was a Pharisee of a Pharisee he tried with everything he had to keep the law so as a Jew he was living like this. He had the law. He knew the law. But he was still living like this. But then he continued 
that and and he said I because he don't want to invent offend the other Jews instead of say you have you have you have so he take himself and take himself and say I like I like I'm in the same boat as you and me I know what you are talking about I know how you are feeling I also had it like this and then he end in Roman by saying like thank you God through Jesus Christ our Lord There is freedom. And then he just go back one more time where he's talking about the sin and, and the old thing. He Remember he go in circles. And there, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Those who are living not by the flesh but by the spirit. So we have to understand that this is not the normal Christian life. Jesus came to set us free from sin. And that happened when we get baptized in Jesus Christ, especially if we know have been teach what baptism is. But for me, what baptism was just a symbol. I need the Holy Spirit to come and reveal it to me. And where I, when I reveal that, it changed my life. And everything you see on the website, everything I do today, everything I experienced today, came by that revelation. It started there. And, 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 and I can say I got saved, but I really also got saved when I experienced that. And the salvation was, the, the salvation one more time was so different. Like my friend, when he got baptized, everything changed. Everything changed in his life. He also started to see amazing things. And I have many testimonies of this now. That when people come into the fullness of Christ, not by asking Jesus into your heart just, But by repentant baptism water and the Holy Spirit who reveal what baptism water is also. And the Holy Spirit and living that freedom. Then you are free. And then you start to live in Romans 8 where it stands. There is therefore no, now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. We are not called to walk according to the flesh. No. We are called to walk according to the Spirit. Walk in the life of the Holy Spirit. But for us to come into the freedom we read in Romans 8 where there is no condemnation. Where we walk in freedom the fullness you need the repentance and the new heart. But you also need to get baptized in water. Our down underwater on your own faith. And there you need the spirit and the water to enter the kingdom of God. You need that to be saved. To be remission for sins. To put on Christ. To be raised up with Christ. To wash away your sin. You need baptism in water. And you need baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's not enough. You only have two of this, those. You cannot live in Romans 6 and the freedom Roman ever. Eight, if you don't have this. And I want to tell how how we can get lost in in the theology today. And I have a really sad experience because when I started to study those things, I saw that our Danish Bible is a wrong translation, and many Bibles today is have a wrong translation. Things have been taken out on out of the first Greek text. 
And also, especially if you see here, because in our Danish Bible, there stands, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ, and it stopped there. And in many Bibles, it's like this, it stopped. If you see your Bible, maybe it also stopped there. But the King James Bible have it right, because they have also, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And this is really important because the Bible don't say that there is no condemnation for everybody who is in Christ who just live according to the sin. No. There is no condemnation for them in Jesus Christ who live according to the Spirit. And I remember I was studying this. And then one day I was going to visit somebody who, and they have a book from a Lutheran church in Denmark. And I read an article from a youth leader in that church. And when I read that article, I was like, oh no, God help us. People are deceived. People in the church are going to hell. It was like, I experienced that because I suddenly saw so clear how traditions is keeping people away from the salvation in Jesus Christ. Because this young guy, he was a youth leader. He he wrote an article about his life and he used two scriptures. He used this and he used the first half of this. And he said, As a Christian, I'm living in sin the whole life, every day. I'm doing every day doing things I don't like to do. And I'm doing it. And I have, like Paul is saying, I am a flesh. I am sold to be under the law, under sin. And I'm sinning all the time. But on Sunday, I can stand in the church and I can worship God. And then he said, but often I feel condemned. I always feel condemned. But then I just take Romans 1, 8, 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So, and he said that as a testimony. And when you read the article, it was so clear that he was not really saved, this guy. He was maybe grown up in a religious home. But he had really not repented. You can read that. He had not got baptized in water and he certainly had not got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can read that. But he was using the scriptures. I live in sin. The whole day long. But I go to church. But I feel so condemned. But I just take Romans 1, 8, 8, 1. There is no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. But I then still feel condemned. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. So he feel condemned. But he just take the scripture. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. There is no condemnation. Can you see it? So he's using the scripture, but I want to turn it around. Why did this guy feel condemned? Because he was living in sin. He was living by the flesh and not by the spirit. But he just took the scripture and like tried to, where the Holy Spirit was trying to open his eyes to call him in so he could get saved and come and live by the Spirit. He just took the scripture. No, 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 no condemnation, no condemnation, no, no, I, I, no, no, I don't feel to, I don't need to be condemned. I don't need to be condemned because, because I'm a Christian. But it's not like that we should use the scripture. 
For me, I didn't use the scriptures to get sin away. No. But when, when I get sin away, I think that there was no condemnation anymore. Now I was not condemned. I don't need to take the scripture and hit my head, hit my head all the time. No. I was just living the freedom. I was just living the life. And I can see in many places of the world today, our biggest problem when it comes to salvation is that nobody have understand what baptism is all about. And nobody have understand, a few have understand that we also need the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And those three things, repentance, baptism, water, Holy Spirit, is so important. And if you are grown up in a tradition, a place where they don't have baptism in water, then you will see that the teaching they have there is that Romans 7 is the normal life. No matter that Romans 6 and the rest of the Bible is saying something totally different. They will say that this is the normal life and they will say that we are all sinners. But as you saw last time, we are not sinners. We are saints. We are saints. We are set free from sin. And here you see how strong the things as the book of Acts preaches about got changed during the Catholic Church. And that foundation with Augustine, he started with this. And then Luther continued on this. And Calvin and other people. And this is the foundation today. And because they don't have the freedom and the spirit, they also don't have the life we read in the book of Acts. And I just want to say that what do you want to build your foundation on? The traditions on the book of Acts. And it's so sad today that we are sitting in our boxes with every truth. And now we have a Pentecostal church in Denmark where people are baptized with the Holy Spirit and they have heard about repentance, but baptism is water they don't do and then don't talk about it. And because they don't know the revelation that we can be free from the law, we can be free from sin. Many people also there today in Denmark preach that this is the normal Christian life. And I pray that when you take the book in Roman and study those letters, remember, see it like this. And of course, Paul, he was not schizophrenia. He was not like, I'm a flesh. No, no flesh is going to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus, he and, and says, stands there who walk according to the flesh. No, he was not an, on flesh, a flesh. I'm sold as a sin to slave. No, Jesus came to set us free. Because a slave is not going to be in the house forever, but the son is. And there is a freedom in Jesus Christ. And when you first open your eyes and see that, this is so clear. You don't need him to show you that. But now we have them. Now we have people who see that and teach that. So of course, I like that. But try to take another Bible. Maybe I heard that an English living Bible is, is good. Living Bible from England and other Bibles where they have translated where you saw that, see that very clear, and then let your eyes be open and experience the freedom. Okay, baptism in water. 
How important is baptism in water? This is important. How important is important as repentance is important is this is as important as repentance, faith in Jesus and baptism with the Holy Spirit. This is part of salvation. This is important to get safe. And this is what Jesus is saying. This is what Peter preached. It was what Paul preached. This is what the word is saying. Because to get safe is not only like to get forgiven in your sin. To get safe is to get safe from your sin. Then you can live a new life. Because God wants to create a new life in us. A new people. Before he's going to create the new heaven and earth. So how important is it? It's important. It's so important that people died for that truth. And I love many people I know from the Lutheran background. And because I love them, I don't compromise with the truth. Because I love them, I say this is what the word is saying. And I love them. And I respect them. But we still need to preach the word. And we need to say to ourselves, do we want to please man or do you want to please God? But if we please God, man is also going to thank us because we are going to say the truth. Because the truth is going to set us free. So how important is it? It's really important. What is baptism? Baptism is underwater. On your own faith. It's underwater. And if you knew Greek, if I knew Greek, we will not ever, never have used baptism for sprinkling on water on a head. Never. And that's why in the Orthodox Greek churches, you see that when they baptize children, babies, they do it underwater. Down underwater and up again. Because every Greek person understand if they go to the text that baptism means underwater. It's not water on the head. So what is baptism? This is on your own faith. If you believe, and this is the problem with the children, and this is where Augustine and the original sin came in. I don't want to use a lot of time for that now. But it came in and said, hey, children have to get baptized. No, children don't need to get baptized because you need to get baptized when you start to do sin. And when you do sin, you get bound to sin. And that's where you need to get baptized. Not as a baby. A baby is clean as soon as it comes out because the conscience of good and evil is not awake yet. And that's why babies not, like, if they are naked, they, they don't say something. But when they get older, kids, they're like, oh, go out. Because now they get the constant of good and evil. And that's where they start, because of we are living in a fallen world, they start to do sin. And when you start to do sin, you get bound to sin. So, who need to get baptized? Baptism is underwater, is on your own faith. Who need to get baptized, everybody who wants to get saved, need to get baptized on your own faith on the water. And you need that together with the Holy Spirit to live the freedom we read in the Bible. Who can baptize? Uh, everybody who's born again can baptize. Because when you became a disciple, Jesus gave you the commandment. He did not only get the, gave you the commandment to get baptized, but he gave the 
commanding, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So you are not only commanded to be baptized, but you are commanded to be a baptizer. Somebody who baptizes other people. And everybody can baptize, because everybody is a priest in the New Testament, in the New Covenant. So everybody can baptize. And I know that there was, I baptized people where a leader from a church had wrote to me and said, Who gave you the authority to baptize? And I want to turn this question about, around and say, Who can give the authority to baptize? Do the Lutheran church as a denomination have the authority to give the authority to others to baptize? To tell others who can and who cannot? Can the Baptist church, do they as a denomination have the authority to ordain people and tell people who can baptize and who cannot? Do the Pentecostal movement have the authority to baptize or to tell other people who can and who cannot? No, there is no denomination who have the authority to baptize, to have the authority to ordain other people to baptize and to tell other people that they cannot baptize. There is only one person who have that authority and this is God. This is Jesus Christ. He has given us the authority to baptize and nobody other can do it. So if you are waiting and saying, I cannot baptize because this church denomination have not ordained me to do it. Sorry, that church denomination do not have the authority to ordain you to do it. If you are born again, you are called to baptize. And this is all you need. So who can baptize? Everybody. How do you baptize? You baptize underwater to Jesus Christ. But don't you baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? No, you don't. This is how I got baptized. This is how many other got baptized. But you don't see that in the Bible. And this is because we have misunderstood what Jesus was saying here. When he said, go out baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For the first, I want to say the name of the Father. The Father is not a name. The Son is not a name. And the Holy Spirit don't have a name. He's talking about the picture that... Repentance is toward God, baptism is to Jesus Christ, and baptism is with the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said that to his disciples, but you don't find one place in the Bible where they baptized that way. Where they took Jesus' words, word for word, and did it. No, because they understood what he was saying. He was giving them a picture, and they understood those, that picture. So every time a person got baptized, they got baptized to Jesus Christ. You read that. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. There is power in the name of Jesus. The demons obey in the name of Jesus. Sick is getting healed in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. The name above all names. Jesus Christ. And if you said in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you don't say the name of Jesus. So we need to use the name of Jesus and show what baptism is. And every, every, every time you read in the Bible somebody got baptized, it was never, never, ever 
in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was always, always, always to Jesus Christ. And the most correct is to belong to Jesus Christ. Because this is what we are no longer slave to sin. We are slaves to Christ. And in one of my books, I'm written Christian Disciple Slave, where I talk about that this is what we are, Dolus. We are slaves to Christ now. We are not a slave to sin. We are slaves to Christ. And this is what baptism is. You become a slave to Christ. But he still call you brothers. No matter if we belong to him, we are his brothers. We are family. He's our Lord. So, if you want to do it correct, then you have to do it to Jesus Christ. And what I do, I said to people, okay, do you want to get baptized to Jesus Christ? Do you want to belong to him? And they said, yes. On your own faith, I baptize you to Jesus Christ. And then die with Christ, rise up with Christ. And you can baptize people. I baptize people like in, in a big garbage can where we took the garbage out, put the water in and baptized there. And like, How can you do that? It's a good picture. Down with the garbage, up with the new man. I baptize people many different ways. In bathtub, in, in oceans, in seas. There where there's water. Baptize people. And I have in our garden, we have like a water where, in a way, we can put water in. So when it's winter, we take that in the house, fill it up with water, and we can baptize people there. People don't need to have white clothes, and you don't also need to be two people who baptize and do it that way. No, they just need to go under. Sometimes when I baptize people, and very often now, I don't even go in the water. I just sit beside the water, they jump in, and I, are you ready to get baptized to Jesus Christ? And they stand there, and they just go down and up. You don't need to do it the way we do it. They just need to come down, bury with Christ, up with Christ. And the only thing you need to say, I baptize you to Jesus Christ. Do you want to belong to him? And they say yes, and then you baptize them. Then I know many saying, yeah, but, but I got baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do I need to get baptized again? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I, I also got baptized that way. But again, Let's start right this time. Let's do it the right way and preach the right thing. And then we are going to see the power in it. But many also ask, uh, I got baptized when I was 14 years old and didn't understand it. Shall I get baptized again? Baptism has to do with faith. I'm not into that you baptize um, um, many times. I don't believe that. One baptism is enough. But there is people who's grown up and they get baptized when they're 14 years old because all the friends do it and they do it like a tradition. And it's only tradition, yes, then you need to get baptized. If it's more than a tradition, if you had the faith, you don't need it anymore. Because baptism has not to do with age, how old you are. I don't preach infant baptism and grown up adult baptism. No, we need to preach Faith baptism, because if you believe you can get baptized, and you have to be old enough so you can say, and you recognize, and you say, now I want to get baptized. When you're old enough, you can get baptized on your own faith. Uh, and what I often do with children, I've been, I said that also, I... I have children where I was not sure where they are if they have understood it. So I pray for them and if they got baptized with the Holy Spirit, I'm like, okay, 
now they are ready to get baptized in water because it showed that God have accepted them. And because God has accepted them, they can also get baptized in water. So this is what I'm going to talk about now. And take the word of God, look it through, and 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 study it, study it, just not hear it only one time, hear this again and again. And take Rome and study it. I don't know where you are in your life. The most important thing is that, do you walk in freedom? Like we read, freedom where there is no condemnation anymore. You are walking not according to the flesh, but you are walking according to the spirit. This is the life. And to live that life, you need to repent for your sin. But you also need to get baptized in water and get off, wash away your sin and die with Christ and up with Christ and die to the law, to the law of sin. So you don't need to be under that. But you also need the Holy Spirit so you can live according to the, walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. And I'm going to talk about that next time. But I don't know where you are. Maybe you have it all, but you still don't walk in the freedom. And then you need the revelation like I got. And, and, and this book can be a good start. Uh, I have a guy from Holland who just wrote to me yesterday. He just read this book. And he, he had been Christian many years, but it just set him free. He said it was the last thing. And the experience I spoke about in that book, he also experienced. And, and for him, it was also together with getting fa- experience the fear of the Lord. And this is also what we need. We need to hate sin before we can be free from sin. And I take a, talk about that here. You can find on my website or on, on Amazon. Here I talk more about baptism, water, and what it is to be a disciple. A Christian disciple or slave. And we are slave, but not slave to sin. We are slave to Jesus Christ. If you want, take the next weeks and, and study those books. Go in. And if you need somebody to baptize, you find somebody. And then get baptized. And when you go under the water, then say, Now I'm dying to the law. I'm not on, under the law anymore. I'm free from the law. And then you're going to experience the freedom. We read in Romans 6. We read in Romans 7. And we read through all the Bible. I will stop now, but before I stop, I want to pray a prayer and that my wife is going to sing a song. And let her words, let the Holy Spirit work through this song. God, I thank you for this teaching, I thank you for today, and I pray that this is going to make our freedom in everybody who sees this teaching, God. That they are going to obey you, God, and repent and also get baptized in water and receive the Holy Spirit if they have not gone baptized with that, God. God, and they will not walk according to the flesh, God, and feel the condemnation all the time, God, but they will come into the freedom and walk according to the Spirit, God. God, they will experience the freedom that is in you, God. God, like I experienced, and it became the beginning of something new in my life. It became the beginning of something new in many people's life, God. God, I pray that you will open their eyes for everybody who sees this teaching, that you will set them free, so they can live the new life you have for them. They can walk in freedom, God. God, I pray that you will come and speak to them right where they are, so they know what they need to do. God, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Yeah.